Shohei Otani's married. Yes, he announced it. He announced it uh, on Instagram. Instagram. On Instagram, this guy is the uh, biggest star in the world that shies away from publicity. I didn't even know he was dating somebody. <laughs> and by the, did you see his announcement? Yes. So his announcement, he posted on Instagram. To all my friends and fans throughout, I have an announcement to make. Not only have I began a new chapter in my career with the Dodgers, but I also began a new life with someone from my native country of Japan who is very special to me, and I wanted everyone to know I am now married. I'm excited for what is to come, and thank you for your support. <laughs> it's unbelievable how out of the spotlight Shohei Otani is. For being as big as Yes. You. Unbelievable. And I'm slightly stunned. That he ended up with the Dodgers after Dave Roberts leaked during uh, the offseason yeah. that they had talked to yeah. him. I'm surprised he didn't say, Dave Roberts, fire that guy. Uh, he also asked reporters not to ask intrusive questions. Which, yeah. I mean, he says he's going to speak on Friday. So I guess he'll talk about it a little on Friday. But Well, he said he's going to speak about his, his marriage He just on says Friday? he's speaking on Friday. Oh, okay. He's just speaking on Friday, I guess. Once or twice a week, he talks. Okay. I mean, he talked the other day after his first uh, spring after training the home game. run, yeah. And the strikeout and the double play. Don't forget that. Well, I just worry about the, I just worry about the uh, <laughs> home run. Got to have it all in. Oppo home run. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look, they're going to want every bit of information about this guy possible. We Listen, not to say Shohei Otani is Taylor Swift, but he's pretty damn close. Yes. And Taylor Swift's relationship Plastered all over the television. It's been the biggest the news story in this country for six months. Right. I didn't even know Otani was dating somebody. <laughs> you got to give the kid. You got to give the yes. kid credit. It's incredible. Nobody like no. Do we know anything about him? He had a dog. He got the MVP. They showed him on TV from his home or wherever he was with his dog. We didn't know his dog's name. <laughs> he wouldn't tell people his dog's name for like four months. I, this guy's incredible. I don't know how he does it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be the most popular athlete on the planet, and nobody's going to know a single thing about, thing about me. me. I like Sur it. Surprised he's, I'm surprised he let us know his name. <laughs> he should just play under a different one. He might. He might be. He might not be Shohei. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, the Raiders met with Jaden Daniels yesterday, according to Ian Rappaport. So did at least eight other teams. Uh, so a lot of teams met with Jaden Daniels. Kind of the whole point of the combine is to meet with these players. I'll ask you this, because we mentioned it a bit earlier. Hypothetical situation. Raiders manage to trade up to the number one overall pick. Do they take Jaden Daniels? Oh, I think they do. I think Antonio Pierce wants Jaden Daniels. They I trade think, all the way up to one. I think, they I take think, Daniels. Now, there, that's fascinating because there could be the contention between the top two guys. Yeah. Because Telesco might say, look. I've dealt with these types of quarterbacks and these level of quarterbacks before. Right. And this Williams guy is by far the best prospect. And you have Antonio Pierce saying, no, Jaden's my guy. That would be fascinating to see who wins out on that battle. Yeah. That's, again, don't think they're getting there, but that would be. If they get to all the way to one, that would be the curious. You get to three, you're taking the well, You're taking the, whoever's there. Right. And you don't really have a choice. But you get to one, that'd be a lot of fun to see. And if I you, think Antonio Pierce would want Jaden Daniels. I think he would, too. And... Does, does Telesco want Jaden Daniels over everybody else? Or does Telesco just want Jaden Daniels if they get to three and he's the well, guy that's Well, if they get left. to three, he yeah. wants him. But, I mean, that would be great. That would be great to see if there was a disagreement between them on the top two, on the top quarterback, who the top quarterback really is. I almost feel bad for Caleb Williams because they, if they draft Caleb Williams, then Pierce would give a press conference after him. Well, not my quarterback. Yeah. Not who I wanted. <laughs> 
Who do you think has final say? We don't know, we Danny. Don't know. We, we have know. no idea. Don't know. We're going to find out at some point, but we don't know. I think we'll it might know, be We'll Pierce. know at the draft, though. We'll know at the draft. I think it might be Pierce. I don't know. Pierce has said it's Celesco, but I don't know if I believe it. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. Is Josh Jacobs on this team next year? We'll find out. What do you think? The Minnesota Wild have said they're not trading Marc-Andre Fleury. That's according to Elliot Friedman. The Wild, six points out of a playoff spot, so they're not completely out of this race. Um, Fleury's making $3.5 million this season. Not a big salary cap number, but his save percentage is 899. His goal saved above average is negative three. He's been a slightly below average goalie over the course of the season. Um, he's got a no yeah. trade clause, so he could veto any trade. He's given quotes about not really wanting to get traded or move again, so... Sounds like the Wild aren't even going to try to trade Marc-Andre Fleury. This is his last one, right? Yeah. So this might be his last season, period. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm – I think that's the expectation. Right. Because when he comes here in April, that is a big deal to a lot of people. It'll be his last game in T-Mobile. Yeah. So he's not going to get traded, at least as of now. They say they're not trading him. Um, and I, not that teams would be tripping over themselves to get Marc-Andre Fleury. He's not that good at the moment, but – He'd be a fine backup. He'd be fine yeah. if he was your number two goalie who gives you slightly below average play. Yeah, you'd probably say, all right, that works. We can stick him in the net every fourth game or something like that and see how we do from there. But doesn't sound like he's getting traded. Going to stick it out in Minnesota. Yeah, great question. Yeah, again, great question. Uh, the Army-Navy game could be in jeopardy, according to Yahoo Sports. So the college football playoff is expanding. There's going to be college football playoff games earlier in December which means bowl games are looking at this saying, well, we don't want to play on the same weekend as the college football playoff. Nobody's going to care about the Bahamas Bowl. So bowl games might get moved up. Currently, Army-Navy is the only college football game played in the second Saturday in December. There could be bowl games on that Saturday if bowl games do, in fact, get moved up. So they could lose their exclusive day where they're the right. only college football game. But the other part of this that's fascinating is Army-Navy could create a confusing situation for the playoff. Because they're both going to be in the American Athletic Conference, and because the highest-ranked group of five team is guaranteed a spot, there is a legitimate chance that Army or Navy is the highest-ranked group of five team going into the Army-Navy game. The problem is that the college football playoff field is set the weekend before mm -hmm. the Army-Navy game. So what do you do if, let's say, Navy is the 12-0 AAC champ and now they're playing Army and they lose to Army while, meanwhile, 11-1 Boise State or whatever is the Mountain West champ and would jump them in the rankings after they lose to Army? What do you do? The athletic director for Army said in the story of Yahoo that they would be perfectly fine with being the 12 seed no matter what, if they're in that scenario. Oh, just to get in for sure. Right. And they that, don't care. That in that's like in. if Army was it was potentially the that they would say, hey, make all the other matchups set. And if we beat Army, we're the twelve seed. Or excuse me, if we beat Navy, we're the twelve seed. If we lose, Boise State in this scenario right. jumps in our jumps spot. In, yeah. And they'd completely oh, yeah. seed that spot there. Get rid of the Army Navy game. Ooh. I don't know. What are we I, doing? I've known a couple people. Who cares? Uh, I do. I've known a Bill couple, Foley. A couple kids who went to Army. I don't want them to get rid of that poor game. Play Come it in. On. Play it in October. 
Oh, well, that that's fine. I thought you meant don't play it at all. Well, I don't care if they play it or don't oh, play I it. Do. I don't watch I that do. game. I do. The only reason anybody watches is because it's the only damn game on. If there were other games on, the Army-Navy game nah, wouldn't even be on TV. Yeah, kid I coached and uh, she went to Army and she's a great kid. Okay. <laughs> so I just, I, I, I have a soft spot uh, for Army. I, there's a lot of people that went to Army and Navy that are great kids. Army. That's fine. We don't need, we're potentially like. I mean, play it in October. I, that's fine with me. It doesn't have to be the yeah. second weekend in December. Right. So we don't, this does not need its own game. We do not need to be sitting around one year waiting on the college football playoff field because Army and Navy need to go play a 9-7 to seven game totally agree the with that. weekend Just after the season. Just don't get rid of it completely. Ah, Just you, put them in October. Put they, it in September. They could never play it again, and I wouldn't notice. What they should do is play it uh, Veterans Weekend in November. Still nobody's watching it. Oh, people will watch it. No, they won't. It won't be on TV. You play this on a regular Saturday, it's not getting picked up. Yeah, it'll be picked up by NBC. It won't get picked up. They'll, they'll tell Notre Dame step aside. No chance. Absolutely no chance. Notre Dame UNLV is going to bring in more eyeballs than Army-Navy if it's played on a regular college football weekend. Nobody can, The only reason people watch these teams play is it's the only football game on that Saturday. They get big ratings because it's the only football game on that Saturday. The Pro Bowl also gets big ratings. You put this game on a regular Saturday in November, it's on the AAC network. I don't know. I think you'll get you'll get people who served watching that game more than they would watch whatever other game they'd normally watch. I don't think they would. It would, it would. They wouldn't get the same ratings, but they would still get good ratings. They'd get six people that didn't go to Army or Navy to watch that game. Bill Foley would force the Golden Knights to come <laughs> over to his house and watch it. Like, we got to save this game, boys. We're forfeiting our game against the Devils today because we're watching Army-Navy in November. Next question. The bank-robbing Chiefs fan that wore a wolf mask could oh, be in prison for a 50 years. What a story. Uh, Xavier Badubar is the Chiefs fan who was dressing in a wolf suit, was known as Chiefsaholic at team games. He's pleaded guilty uh, to a string of bank robberies. He was accused of stealing more than $800,000 in 11 robberies and then laundering the money at casinos. His charge carries a max 50 years in prison. Xavier's in a bunch of trouble. Ah, just a little <laughs> bit there. He also ran away. He cut what he cut off his ankle monitor yes. or something, and they couldn't find him for like six months, wasn't it? It was like half of last year. We didn't know where this guy was. They finally got him, and now he's probably going to prison uh, for fifty years. And tune in at nine o'clock to hear oh, his, hear this. his great lawyer sound. statement. Oh, uh, it's going to be great! Phenomenal sound. Love this lawyer. Up. Not as much great as Sam and Ash. Great question. <laughs> Uh, Major League Baseball could reduce the number of pitchers on the roster. Currently, MLB teams carry 13 pitchers. Or the MLB might change that to where they could only carry 12. The point here is to make starting pitchers go deeper in games, to have less relievers so that there's less guys that are fresh out of the bullpen because Major League Baseball wants starting pitchers to be more prominent, create a little bit more star power because, hey, there's more starters that go six and seven innings, whereas right now your starter might only go four, and that might be perfectly fine with teams because they've got enough relievers, and one inning of most relievers is better than the fifth inning of most starters. That's the logic, and Major League Baseball doesn't like that. Dave Roberts was quoted in the story at Fox Sports saying, from a fan perspective, yeah, to see a guy in there go seven, eight innings, I absolutely get it. Don't necessarily doesn't necessarily help you win baseball games, and I'm in the business of winning games. 
Said the guy who struggled with his bullpen over the last several years. It's fine. Come on. Everybody struggles with their bullpen in the postseason. It's fine. This is what I find fascinating about Major League Baseball. Because it's a very static sport, right? Where we have it's everything. Everybody stopped. It's like a one-on-one pitcher batter battle and all that stuff. It's a sport that's a lot easier to like figure out. This is the absolute best way to win games, and we see that with no sack bunting. We see that with launch angle. We see that with guys striking out more because it's fine if you just hit home runs, you can strike out a lot more. And it makes, and we see that with this with the starting pitchers. It makes the style of the game less entertaining because strikeouts aren't fun. Starting pitchers getting pulled in the fourth, not as much fun. But that's the best, like Dave Roberts said, that's the best way to win games. You are better off throwing five relievers for one inning than you are asking your starting pitcher to go, to go seven. six, seven innings. Right. Right. Like that's, I mean, there's a few, there's the guys at the very top, your Garrett Coles, absolutely. Let him throw seven. The guy's throwing 99 in the seventh inning. But for the majority of pitchers, you're not as effective. You get to the third time in the order, you'd much rather have a reliever coming in for one inning. What's the pitch count for Blake Snell in the eighth? Oh, God. <laughs> 220? Blake Snell's arm is going to fall oh, off. Can you imagine him going eight innings? He's got 111 pitches through four. <laughs> exactly. I'm hoping he reels that in this year. I don't think – Danny, he just walks, Did you take guys. him? I did draft him. Oh, oh okay. You're going to get He's a hell get of a five team. innings. He does need to get signed with a team. Yeah, that, I took a gamble, but he was, I think, my fifth or sixth round pick. So. All right. The, Maybe even later. The ultimate problem with the pitching side of this, I think, is max effort. Because what pitchers are basically instructed to do is give it your all on every pitch. Because we have seen the high, the faster you throw, the more likely you are to get hitters out, right? Even if there's a little control issues or whatever it is, higher velocity leads to better results. So you get guys that normally they might be able to say, well, I could you know, give it 80% on every pitch and I could go seven or eight innings, but I'm giving 100% on every pitch. I got four innings for you. As the starter, I'm going to be throwing at 97 through all four innings. Where if I dialed it back, maybe I'm throwing 94 and I can go longer. But the results are better when you get short term as max effort right. as you can, and so it leads to guys can't throw as long because it's max effort, and probably leads to more injuries. I'm not a doctor, but I tend to believe guys that are just chucking it as hard as they can every single time. That's a reason why we have an uptick in injuries in pitchers. Pretty easy to tear something that way. Yeah. So. The problem is in baseball, we figure out ways to, what's the best way to win games, and it's not always an entertaining way exactly, to watch. Exactly. So baseball's got to come in and figure out, all right, what rules do we put in the pitch clock, the ghost runner, ban the shift, less start or less, less, relievers, less relievers, and try to figure out the way to make the game a little bit more uh, entertaining to watch while teams sit here and game it and figure out the best way to actually win. Coming up next, we'll stick with baseball and get to our wonderful Las Vegas A's. For the Giants, he's swinging a smash to the right. Diaz going back. It's over his head, and it's over the wall and gone. Into the bullpen the other way for Zach Yellow. And it's a 2-0 Oakland lead. Follow the guys on Twitter, at Ed Graney and at Bischoff underscore Tyler. If you missed the last segment, we talked a little about the Army-Navy game. Um, I could do without it. Don't care when it's played or if it's played at all. Uh, Jerry on the text line said, is this clown out of his mind? That's the best game in college football. Jerry. Told I think, you. I think Jerry's out of his mind. Jerry, text in whether or not you served, and if you Darn served right, in one of these branches, I'm curious which one. You're telling me 
that a six and six team playing a five and seven team last year in which neither team could get to 20 was the best game in college football. Jerry might have served. He might have some. Uh, Jerry heart, heart is out of his mind. No, he might have served. That it could be his favorite game. Doesn't make it the best game in college football. Maybe that's what he meant. It's not what he said. Well, he he was probably trying to tweet outlaws, and then it didn't text that's outlaws, and then it came back. Too. Probably screwed up too. <laughs> There's no way anybody with a straight face can say Army Navy is the best game in college football. Listeners, if you guys out there text in, they oh, were we combined under 500 last year. Neither team could score 20. No, I'm all board. I'm all on board with you to like you if you want to change when it's played. I mean, it doesn't. The standalone thing means nothing to me in terms you can of have, the second listen, game in December. They can just have, have them have it play October. They or can play the game whenever they want. It just doesn't matter for anything. You don't like they to can, them. It does. No, no. Like they don't get any bowl game. They don't get any college football playoff. Just play the game in March for all I care. Just doesn't mean anything. Well, if like you said before, if Army goes twelve and zero and is the, no, you're done. If you want to have, team. if you want to play Navy at the end of the year, sorry, no, you're no, not no, 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 no. I'm saying if they play like in October and they still go twelve oh, and zero and sure. the highest rated team, they're going to get in. They're not going to do that, but yeah, sure, that's fine. Well, but I'm saying they should, know. they should say it because can't prove it. Just play one game every year. Don't even play the rest of your schedule. It doesn't matter. Just play Navy in March every year. That could be their spring game. Yeah, why not? Army and Navy is such a pointless game. Air Force has won the Commanders-in-Chief trophy more than either of those two programs. That's true. Air, Air Force is the better of the three. It's such a pointless the best of the game three programs. that Air Force is better than both of them on a regular what it stands basis. For. It stands what does for, it stand for? It stands for all these kids who represent our country, who serve our country. I mean, it's 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 a good thing. It's a good thing that people serve our country and defend us. That has nothing to do with them playing football on it's the just second Saturday in it's December. It's a representative of that. Yeah, no, uh, it's not. Jerry, Army, let's go. Hoo-ha. See? Hoo-ha. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Good job for you, Jerry. You get the emoji with also, the, uh, the bicep emoji. Also, Matthew said you're out of your damn mind. Nobody likes this game. Anybody listening right now, I know you can look it up. Name a player that played for Army or Navy last year. Just one of them. You can't do it off the top of your head because you don't care about these football teams because nobody does. Ryan, that game means more to the players Great. than any of the other professional college games. Yeah, it's terrible. What does that have to do with anything? You're just a hater, dude. You, you yes. hate on Army-Navy. I, yes. I can't believe you hate on Army-Navy. Because no, nobody actually likes this. I watch it. You don't like it. I mean, I like it enough to watch it. If this game was played on Saturday in November, you wouldn't watch a single second of Army-Navy. Army-Navy, according to Lorenzo, is a cool tradition. The game itself sucks. Yes. Why does it have to be the only game to watch that week? Well, we've said that. We've said that we don't care if they move the game, especially if it is interfering with the college football playoff. I mean, move the game to October, September. Who cares when they play it? No, make the playoffs wait. <laughs> you, Nobody is going to watch that game unless they – were in the Army or the Navy if they played on a regular Saturday in November or October. Nobody's going to watch it because nobody cares. Daniel, for once, Danny, uh, I, and uh, he agrees with you. Daniel yeah. agrees with you. From one Danny to another, I agree. I don't even know what Danny said. I say keep it keep it the same. Oh, yeah, push the college football playoff back. Yeah, or unless – Disaster. The I don't know. He, give, it, give it five years. The college football playoff is going to be after the Super Bowl with the way they're going. But I also did uh, I also did recommend moving the Army-Navy game to Veterans Weekend. 
Oh, that was last segment. I don't think anybody was listening. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's agreeing with, but I agree with you too, Daniel. Um, we got to stick together. By the way, uh, Sploosh chimed in. As wrong as Tyler was about the fumble through the end zone rule, he's more right about Army-Navy. Couldn't care less about the game, and I was in the Navy. Sploosh was in the Navy, Ed. Well, he's Sploosh, protecting us. Sploosh and Jerry, thank you guys for serving, but this game's cool. John says Tyler's an ass. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't deny that. That's true. But nobody actually cares to watch Army-Navy. There's no reason they should get special treatment. It's same thing, same exact thing with Notre Dame. There's zero reason Notre Dame should get any special treatment for not being in a conference just because, ah, it's cool tradition. Tradition is like one of the worst things that happens in sports. Well, they do have their own network. Right. <laughs> Good for them. They make a lot of money off of it. But, like, I'm glad the college football playoff, the new setup, there's no special Notre Dame clause. There's no, like, if Notre Dame goes 10 wins, they're in. Notre Dame can only get in as an at-large, as it should be. Not yet. Join a conference. Yeah, you're right. Not yet. Give it. <laughs> I know. I know. Give it a few years, and there'll be Notre Dame's guaranteed a spot if they win one game. Like, what the hell? But, like, Notre Dame should not have any sort of special treatment. Join a conference. I'm with you on that. I think right. they should be in a conference also. I also always said that. They should be in a conference. Yeah. They shouldn't be alone by themselves and yeah. independent. Yeah. Because traditions in college football and a lot of sports yeah. are stupid and make sports worse. I, I'm still going to be okay with the Army-Navy game being played at a different time of year. Play it whenever they I want. Mean, play it. Play that's it. fine. You can do that. You can play it in September or October. You can play it in November. Yeah. And, and nobody will watch it. It'll still get ratings. It'll still get ratings. I don't think the game get picked up by TV. Oh yes, it would. I don't think it oh, would. Oh yes, a hundred percent. Oh yes, it would. It would. You might not watch it, but some. I don't was, think it's getting it, picked up it, by it TV. Could, network would pick that it up. It could be played on the same day at the same time of the Super Bowl, and it'll be on TV. Well, there's nothing. There's no other live sports on. But at college football Saturday, it would on, be some. Army, I don't know Navy. what time it would be. Maybe they'd have to mix up the times. But Army Navy is big TV. enough. I don't think they're on TV. To where they'd be on TV. They'll, they'll oh, yeah. put it at noon on like NBC. No chance. Absolutely. Right now, CBS has the rights to it. Okay, they would put so it on. It might CBS, be at 9 a.m. CBS is not picking that over any, any they of would their put it on regular television. college football they program. They put it on television. They're giving us then they Texas would Tech They would West release Virginia. it and someone else would take it. They're giving us Texas Tech West Virginia before they're giving no. us Army no. Navy. No. They would 100%. They'd 100% put it on. I don't someone think would. would. Take, or they'd release it and someone else would pick it up. They might for two years and then they realize nobody's watching this. Give us Texas Tech West Virginia, please. Nobody's no. going to watch that. If it's a regular college football Saturday and you've got to choose between two teams ranked in the top 25 and Army-Navy, you're not watching Army-Navy. You'll tune in for the little, ah, oh, the cadets are marching on the field and they're all standing there and then the game kicks off and you're like, wait a minute, they haven't thrown a pass and we're in the third quarter? All right, where's Texas? I don't know who's watching it, but someone would put it on television. And then after two years. Someone would put it on television. And then after two years, with their ratings being 0.0, they're like, more people watch UNLV than Army-Navy? It's very nail-biting betting on the over of that game. (laughs) I didn't do it, but I know a lot of people who did, and I think it went over by a safety this year. All right, coming up next, we're going to get back into the NFL and see what the Chicago Bears are going to do. The biggest question, though, the number one question is number one, is Justin Fields. Where do things stand? Yeah, so the one thing that's important for us is just continue to communicate and be transparent with Justin, and we'll continue to do that with him and his team. 
Um, but we have to be open-minded about everything. Uh, what you do appreciate about Justin is his leadership, his mindset that he's had over the last two years. Things have not been easy, um, but his stability, um, his confidence in himself, his leadership has continued to grow um, as we've gone along, and, and that makes all of these decisions so complicated um, because I care about the guy a lot too. So. Um, I mentioned it before, you know, no one likes to live in gray, right? You want to know where am I going? Am I staying here? All of those things. So um, we'll continue to communicate, but he has done a great job just getting better every single year we've been together. You're listening to the Press Box on 100.9 FM and 1100 AM. Joining us now from NBC Chicago, it's Josh Schrock. Good morning, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Josh. Let's start with the quarterback position in Chicago I know it's the combine, meeting with people, but do you think the Bears have already decided what they're going to do between the number one pick and Justin Fields? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I really, from really the end of the season till now, I haven't thought it was really that difficult of a decision when you really zoom out and look at things from 30,000 feet. I think Justin deserves a ton of credit for uh, getting better and not letting a really bad situation break him as it does so many young quarterbacks, but the, the numbers just really haven't been there. The consistency from the pocket hasn't been there. And then when you look at, you know, fourth quarter drives, game winning drives, performance in, in crunch time when teams know you have to throw and you have to win from the pocket. I mean, he ranks 34th in passer rating in the fourth quarter, 28th in yards, 26th in completion percentage. All these numbers are just not good enough for Ryan Poles to pass again on taking a quarterback at number one and especially a guy as talented as Caleb Williams. Have you gotten a sense, Josh, what the market would be for Justin? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sniffing around on that. I think that there are not going to be as many teams interested as the Bears would like. I think you just talk to people around the league and you look at the quarterback situations in general. There aren't a number of teams that are going to be interested in giving away draft capital and then locking in a fifth-year option at $25 million for a guy who will not have taken a snap for them yet. Um, so I think there's only going to be maybe maybe two or three teams uh, that are interested and that are going to be going to be real players in, in a Justin trade. So um, I think the Bears are not going to have the, the leverage that they want. There'll be some interested teams, but I don't think very many. Uh, would they take someone not named Caleb Williams, or do you think that <laughs> is the 101 for sure? Um, I don't know about for sure. I, I think the tape, um, as far as a player, uh, it's it's Caleb, it's Caleb, it's Caleb. They met with him for the very first time last night for 20 minutes here in Indy. Um, that's going to be the first of, of many meetings, um, figuring out who he is as a person, what makes him tick, what kind of leader is he, um, the football intelligence, and, and then also getting a feel for, for the group around him, right, for his dad, for his publicist, for, for everything that comes with Caleb Williams. Um, the Bears have to be comfortable with all of that. So I would say Caleb Williams is the is the leader in the clubhouse by far right now. But there are a lot of things, as you guys know, that can happen in the pre-draft process that can get you off a guy. And I think from the Bears' standpoint, you know, they probably look at last year, right? We got here to Indy, and it was like they're definitely going to take Jalen Carter. And the next day, you know, he was arrested and things kind of spiraled. So you never know what can happen. But I think right now, um, as it stands today, at the end of February, it's it's Caleb um, unless something something goes off the rails or the Bears just don't just don't mesh with him or feel like they don't have the infrastructure to deal with everything that comes with Caleb Williams. Do you think they? I don't know if it's breathe a sigh of relief or uh, obviously they were happy with his comments on the Bears because you know there was such a 
off-season storyline of he'd asked to be <laughs> traded out and his father was involved yeah. and all of that, but he seemed mm-hmm. to be very supportive of if they indeed take him. Yeah, no, I'm sure the Bears are happy with that. And I mean, I honestly thought that that story, from everything I've heard from talking to people around around USC, around when he was at Oklahoma, and even back in D.C., he's he's not the type of of person that would that would try to make a move, force his way somewhere. Like I think what Caleb said was was pretty accurate, right? Everyone has preferences, but I, I don't. I never thought he would push his way out of Chicago. But I'm sure from the Bears' standpoint, you know, when you hear when you hear that constantly from guys like Colin Cowherd, even though that was backtracked. That, that the guy that might be the savior of a franchise might not want to be that. Um, I'm sure that gives you some some pause, so I'm, I'm sure they were happy to hear that, and I'm sure Caleb uh, expanded on that with them last night, and we'll hear from him you know, tomorrow, and I'm sure he'll he'll do the same. And, you know, for a number one overall pick, it's a, the Bears are actually a pretty good landing spot. Like, this is not the 0-16 Lions. This is not the Colts team that took Andrew Luck and had a really bad offensive line. This is a team with an elite receiver in D.J. Moore, a good tight end in Cole Komet, a young offensive line, and a pretty good defense that really came on last year. So Caleb's not going to be chasing points here. Um, he should he should have a really good infrastructure, and they have another top-10 pick to add, maybe another pass catcher. So it's a really good situation for number one overall pick in general. The new offensive coordinator here in Vegas with the Raiders is Luke Getze, who was with mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears. Uh, general yeah. opinion of him, Luke Getze, what he did well, what he didn't do well with the Bears. Yeah, um, I thought Luke Luke did some nice things. He had some really he had some good moments. Certainly, some some creative play calls. Um, I really thought that his issues in Chicago uh, came down to two things. I thought it came down to personnel. The Bears just didn't have, especially the first year, they just didn't have players and to lead the league in rushing when that offense in general, outside of Fields and and Komet, was pretty much guys on one year contracts just playing out the string. I thought that was really impressive. Um, and and I, I think as much as Luke likes Justin and they worked well together, I don't think that's the type of quarterback Luke prefers running his system. And I, I think Luke really struggled to to kind of blend the offense to his player's strengths. I think Luke was very one-track minded and like, hey, this is my system. This is how we're going to do things. And then he would change it up and they'd, you'd get Justin out of the pocket and things would take off. And then, you know, next season starts and they went right back to, all right, this is what I want to do, and it didn't work, and then they had to kind of change things up again. So I thought he was kind of slow to adapt, um, but he's still learning. He's still a very young offensive coordinator. I think he's got some creative play calls, and I think with the Raiders, you know, they have really good route runners with Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, and that will really play well with Luke. So I think if the Raiders can get him a quarterback that that fits kind of the precision pocket passing game he wants to run, um, I, I think he can do a much better job in Vegas than he did in Chicago. That is uh, an interesting critique of a team who hired him without having a quarterback in place that he might not be able to adjust well, given they might they don't know who the quarterback will be next year. Yep. Yeah. No. No. It's, honestly, when they hired Luke, I was I was a little surprised because I thought um, I just I just thought he needed probably to take a year and, and continue to learn. Like I said, he's still very young, and and the big critique Matty Rufus had of him here was the inability to to kind of adapt and and be be adaptable in game and and play to the strengths the, the, of the personnel he had. So uh, clearly Antonio Pierce saw something. Um, and I, I do think that the, uh, you know, the, the Raiders' loss in Chicago to Tyson Bajan and Luke Getze probably played a role. But I think, as you guys know, that, that might have said more about how much the Raiders didn't want to play for Josh McDaniels than how good Luke Getze is. Yeah, I was going to say the way he played against the Raiders, the Raiders <laughs> should trade for Tyson Bajan. Get him. Uh, I wanted to ask you, because we here in Vegas and Antonio Pierce himself mm-hmm. – 
talk a lot about catching the Chiefs and how that's got to be the goal of the organization if they want to actually win anything in the mm-hmm. next five, maybe ten years. Yeah. Not to put Jordan Love in the category of Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but given what the Packers yeah. have done with Favre to Rodgers and now maybe to Love being good, how do the Bears yeah. kind of view the Packers in terms of, oh, that's a divisional team that we need to catch or be better than for the next five or ten years? I mean, if we're being honest, the Bears have been trying to catch the Packers for 30 years, right? All the, all the Bears care about is trying to beat the Packers. They haven't beat them since 2018. I think they beat Rodgers a grand total of five times. Uh, they've been trying to catch and beat and best the Packers for uh, the entirety that George McCaskey has been running things. Um, I haven't got there yet, and I'm sure that uh, week seven last year when they were, the Packers were struggling and it looked like Jordan Love might be a dud, I'm sure there were a lot of smiles at Hallis Hall, um, even though he threw for 300 yards against them in week one. But Jordan Love looks like the real deal. Uh, the Packers have a really good young offensive nucleus. I think Matt LaFleur is a tremendous head coach, and I think allowing him to call the offense and not have Aaron Rodgers tinker with it uh, really play dividends. And, you know, that's why the Bears have to draft Caleb Williams. Like, let's just call it what it is. Like, you want to you want to catch the Packers. You want to beat the Lions. You need a quarterback who can be a complete game changer, and Caleb Williams has the ability to do that. Um, so I think that should that will definitely play in because the Bears are – the Bears are chasing the Packers. They've always been chasing the Packers. Well, he is Josh Schrock from NBC Sports Chicago. Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, you got it, guys. Anytime. So, Josh Schrock on what the Chicago Bears are going to do. Um, sounds about as definitive as you can make it without obviously knowing for sure what's right. going to happen, that they are not trading the pick and they are drafting Caleb Williams. Yeah. I don't think anyone's shocked at it. Yeah. I mean, based I mean, on – Can you imagine the haul they'd get for that first pick? Yeah. <laughs> Well, they might get Max Crosby out of it. If it told, <laughs> told Pierce that he could get Jaden Daniels, he might say, see you later, Max. I don't need you anymore. You got drafted in, like, the fourth round. That's way too high. So, but that, like, honestly, talking to Josh, that 98% chance they draft right. one and, and take and Caleb, Caleb Williams. Williams. There's, like, a 2% chance they trade out or take, take somebody Daniels. else. Yeah, so that sounds like that might be a done deal. And then you end up with the Commanders and Patriots being the other two teams that – if you're the Raiders or the Falcons or the Broncos and you want to try to trade up, only two options. And I, I haven't heard anything about the Commanders even being interested in trading out, right? No. It's like, always the only team of the three that you've been inter- that people think would be interested in the Patriots. Yeah. Like people have talked about the Bears, and I think largely because Fields is there, but also the amount of picks they could get makes right. it an interesting conversation. But I don't think I've ever heard anything that made me think the Bears were actually going to trade out of it. The Patriots, we've heard people talk a lot about trading to that one, but like the Commanders, it's like they're drafting a quarterback at number two. Might not know who it is, but they're not trading out, and it's going to be a quarterback. The only thing linked to them I've seen or heard was them possibly trading up to one to yeah, make they, sure they that might, they get Caleb right, Williams. They might go up to get one, but yeah. wouldn't trade out of the top three. All right, we got tickets to get away to go to Nitro Cross, Nitro Cross Championship Weekend, March 1st at the Nitro Dome at Planet Hollywood, 702-364-1100. That is the phone number. If you want to go to Nitro Cross, call in now at 702-364-1100. We'll do caller number eight at 702-364-1100. You're taking home a pair of tickets to Nitro Cross Championship Weekend. We're giving away $2,024 a day here at Lotus, and all you got to do to get entered to win is text us. Phone number is 702-364-1100. 100 today's code word is 
Outlaws. O-U-T-L-A-W-S. Text OUTLAWS to 702-364-1100, and you will be entered to win $2,024. So again, OUTLAWS, 702-364-1100. Yesterday, the Lakers overcame a 21-point deficit to beat the Clippers. It was the largest fourth-quarter comeback in LeBron James's career. Uh, Jorge Sedano tweeted that out. Uh, I got some more stats for you. LeBron had 19 in the fourth quarter, 34 in the game. LeBron outscored the Clippers in the fourth quarter, 19-16. to 16. LeBron James assisted or scored on 11 of the Lakers' 13 made baskets in the fourth quarter. He's pretty good. Um, he is now shooting over 40% from three this season. He made five threes in the fourth quarter. And that fourth quarter, the only thing I could think of is this guy would have won every NBA title if he had been a good three-point shooter for his entire career. Like, if he – because he had some drives to the basket to score, but basically everything he did in the fourth quarter was knock down five threes and made some good passes too. If this guy was able to shoot like 40% for his career – be the great I mean he, he wouldn't have lost I don't know if they would have lost a game the guy's unbelievable at so many things but shooting had always been sort of one of the things that he wasn't great at if this guy was able to shoot when he was 25 but unbelievable would have never lost a playoff series how many titles does he have do we know do you know off the top of your head I think it's four. NBA titles yeah, yeah four four okay two with won. two with Miami one with the Lakers okay. and one with uh, the Cavaliers Cleveland. when they came back to beat right. Golden State right yeah, four titles. Right. 40 points away from 40,000. Yeah, and he's going to score 40,000 points. He almost got in the fourth quarter last night. <laughs> and he, I think he plays the Wizards tomorrow, so he'll probably go for 70. <laughs> so that'll be great. That's fun to he'll, watch. He'll be out in the fourth. They will play them. <laughs> It'll be him. over. All right, so him. he'll get 40 in the first three. Yeah, he might need it. I don't think he doesn't want – what's the rest of their schedule? He doesn't want to do it against the Wizards. He wants to do it in like a – The betting odds are game. for the game right after that. Yeah, he don't want it. you don't want to do it against the Wizards unless for some reason you're playing the Wizards on national TV. you got to do it against a good team so people are locked in. It's a back-to-back too. So chances are if – depending on how many how much he plays against the Wizards, he might sit that next game. That's possible. He's incredible. He's old out here. By the way, the Clippers. Yikes. That's not good. Yikes. They played so well for so long. They've been uh they've been win loss, win loss, win loss for a while now. And they go on a tough road trip coming up. They play Milwaukee. Uh they play that's a tough road trip coming up for them. So they still I think lead the Pacific by four games over the Kings. I'm not sure. The Lakers were like seven and a half before last night. The Pacific or the West? Oh, do they? Uh, they're in fourth in the West. Okay, they're fourth in the West. Yeah, and they're four back now of Minnesota. Right. So they're two back of Denver just for three. So they don't. They'll have to turn it on to just even get into three. They're probably going to be locked into the four seed pretty soon. Um, I couldn't. I can't find the exact numbers here. I'm pretty sure the Clippers have a uh, not great record against teams over 500 this year. Yeah, I remember they beat Boston. But you, you're probably right. You're probably right. They haven't. Uh, they probably haven't played well against the good teams. They, they, like I said, they won so many straight. But uh, I, I'd have to go back and look at who they beat um, in that winning streak they had when they kind of turned it on and came all the way back to get in the top four of the West. Um, but the NBA is just 
like a game last night. The NBA is crazy. That's why you watch the NBA for something like that. That that was an amazing comeback. Do you think the Lakers can actually win anything in the postseason? Can they win a playoff? I think series? they can win a series because right now they're the nine. So right now they yeah. would the, the current standings. They would play Golden State, losers out. Winner would then play the loser of Dallas Sacramento, and the winner would get the eight seed. Right. So they would have to do. They'd have to win two games just to get into the eight, and then they'd play. Right now would be Minnesota in the first round of the postseason. That's a tough matchup. Yeah, I think with LeBron though, I'm not going to put it past them. What did they do did, before they got swept by Denver last year? What seed were they? Uh, do you remember? I can double check. They were rolling though. They were cruising. Uh, last year they got in. They were in the play-in. So they yeah, uh, they were in the play-in. Yeah, so they were the seven seed going in. So they won the play-in to get uh, the seven. So and then beat uh, Memphis and what Sacramento? Mm -hmm. Is that right? And got to no, 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 no. Uh, Golden State because Sacramento Golden State Sacramento lost Sacramento. to Golden State. Yeah, so they beat Memphis and then Golden State and then got swept by the Nuggets. Yeah, it's LeBron. I probably shouldn't question him. I was an idiot and said Mahomes couldn't win the Super Bowl, so I probably shouldn't say LeBron won't win a playoff series. But uh, Against a team like Minnesota, though, it's hard to go against that. They look very strong. Minnesota's so good defensively. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I don't know. Because, I mean, you look at the NBA, the Western Conference right now, I think Minnesota and Oklahoma City are good. But, like, somebody's one of those teams is getting the Lakers or Golden State in the first round. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the two, LeBron and the Warriors, the two most dominant uh, team slash player of the last 10 years. Right. You're getting that team in the first round, at least one of them. I don't, I don't know. Plus, by the way, Denver's hanging out as the three seed. The yeah, no one's even talking about them. OKC could end up having to play the Lakers in Denver just yeah. to get to the Western Conference Finals. Finals.